right, hello and welcome to the latest episode of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Rubinow, and today we're going to be looking at the episode Sherman of Arabia from Season 2. And joining me to go through this episode is uh, stand-up comedian Noah DeBow. Hello, Noah. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure, man. So, so yeah, we... Um, We've only just, well, met virtually, I guess. We haven't met in person, but yeah. uh, but we were talking about how you know we both kind of ha- have uh, the Pack Theater uh, in common. It's kind of our uh, home turf. Yeah, and it's, well, it's still not, um, it's still closed down because of the, the pandemic and everything, but, you know, we're looking forward to when it reopens its doors eventually. Hopefully. yeah, soon. I'm, I was thinking, I'm sure we might have bumped into each other or I did tech for a show you were on or I messed up tech for a show you were on at some point. <laughs> yeah, so for the I guess like the past year or so before the pack closed down, I wasn't um performing on stage so much. I was really just part of uh this one show that was the first Saturday of every month called Shit Post, which is a comedy show all about the internet. Right, I definitely was around for a couple shit posts. Cool, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I've had anyone from that show as a guest on this podcast yet, but I'm definitely planning to. So, uh, look forward to that. It's a cool group of uh, characters, those guys. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, everyone is uh, just really, really funny and really like, yeah, they really go for it. Yeah. Um, like, if you you might think a show about the internet might be like I don't know, boring or nerdy or whatever, but no, it it gets wild. It's interesting for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, the um, the main guy Jupiter was really um, kind of gung ho about transitioning to Twitch when the pandemic happened. I, I know that the Pack Theater does a ton of Twitch shows now, but even before they started doing that, like Jupiter and uh, Travis, another shitpost guy, were really like already like planning on how to do Twitch comedy shows. Uh, so you know, good on them for that. They really um, were trendsetters in that way. Yeah. yeah, cool. So we are looking at the critic episode Sherman of Arabia. So, uh, so Noah, t- talk to me about um, like. Um, ha- like, what is your history with The Critic? Have you always been a fan? Have you discovered it recently? Like, Well, like most, I would say, people in comedy now, I, as a little baby boy, I loved The Simpsons, obviously. It was so important to me. And through The Simpsons, I found, like, Futurama um, and, you know, fell in love with Futurama. But my dad, he was the one who introduced me to The Critic. I was a kid and I loved these shows and he was like, Hey, you should check this show out. He had the box set and I fell in love with it and I would watch it every single night on my portable little DVD player and fall asleep to it. It was like my wow. nighttime ritual to fall asleep. There's something about the show that's just so calming and <laughs> relaxing. And uh I'm actually basically the same age as the show I found out. I'm uh oh, like really? a couple of months older than the show. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that so you were born around like 94 or 95 then, I'm I'm guessing. 
99. Uh, Didn't it start oh, in 2000? No, this this ran from oh. 1994 to 1995. I got a I got a egg on my face. That's oh. <laughs> embarrassing. Um all right, well that's no that's no problem. I guess uh I mean it's it's cool that, you know, the show still appeals to you even though you are, a, you know, a bit younger than um I think what its its target audience probably was. I I def this episode particular I know I realized like oh man I don't <laughs> I don't understand a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this episode Sherman of Arabia it's all about the first Iraq War or also called the Persian Gulf War or um what's it called Operation uh, Desert Storm. Mm. Um, which yeah I was. I was alive for it, but I would have only been, like, five or six years old, so I don't really remember it. And I do remember, though, like, uh, a number of years ago, before I even had the idea for this podcast, someone, like, posted, a like, a clip or a, a screenshot of it, and they were like, hey, remember that Critic episode about the first Iraq war? And I was like, wait, is this show that old? Was it on <laughs> during the Iraq war? Right. Um, uh, but no, it's actually mostly it's a, fl- a f- yeah, it's a flashback. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, a lot of the s- stuff about the the Persian Gulf War, yeah, was stuff that I had to learn later, or, or you know, just learn from other sources. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of that is from Arrested Development for me. I had to. Oh. <laughs> it's a lot of uh. The same kind of territory was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Right. Well, by the time we got to the second Iraq war, I was a bit older, a bit more aware of what was going on in the news. So that was a bit different for me. But mm. but yeah, for this first one, it's yeah, it seems like, you know, it's not nearly as controversial, I guess, as the uh, second one. It was sort of agreed that America needed to, needed to go over there and, and stop Saddam. Right. And, I mean, you know, people can still debate the politics of that. I think that's a bit out of the purview of, of this show, but... Uh, <laughs> We're not going to get into it? <laughs> I mean, I still don't even think I'm well enough informed about all that. But let's just say, I, in general, I have a pretty negative um, opinion of American foreign policy. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, Um but in terms of like the the critic, like they really don't get into the politics that deeply. So that's what I was wondering. I I have been listening to the show, but I haven't been watching the uh, episodes along. This is the first one I've watched in years, mm-hmm. and I was I obviously knew going in that there was going to be a lot of movie pop culture jokes. Um, but I, I so there's not a lot of like political kind of. This themed stuff throughout the show. This is kind of an outlier. Yeah, for the most part, it mm-hmm. the the show doesn't really get too topical. Um, yeah. Like there was uh, the the episode that ju- that came out uh, uh, last week was about the uh, 1996 presidential election, right? Um, which is also maybe the most topical it, it ever gets. Uh, but even then. Kind of like in this episode, they don't delve too far into like, you know, the political world. It, it's mostly just a, a vehicle for jokes, mm. which is kind of how I feel they they kind of treat the war in uh, in this episode. Yeah. 
so yeah, for the most part, they don't, uh, <laughs> you know, they don't try to like solve any, uh, or they don't try to tackle any huge issues for the most part. It's, yeah. they keep things light and keep things funny, which, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's that kind of show, so it's probably the the smarter route for them to go. Definitely. Cool. So, yeah, let's get into this episode. So, we we begin on Jay's show. He's reviewing the new Clint Eastwood movie, and I had to write down this title because it's a <laughs> mouthful. <laughs> Beverly Hills Robo Canine Cop and a Half 2. All right, Callahan, I've got some new partners for you. A woman, a cute little kid, an ugly old dog, a dinosaur, and a leprechaun. I'll be your lucky charm. Um, <laughs> I love that it's a, a sequel, but it seems that he's being introduced to everybody for the first time in the clip. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's a sequel, also like a huge mashup of just a bunch of different cop movies, which, yeah, I guess was was a pretty big genre in, I mean, definitely in the 80s and, yeah. and kind of into the 90s because you had, um, like, uh, yeah, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, uh, Lethal Weapon, basically, yeah, all the movies that it's making fun of here. And then, like, a, a lot of team-ups where it's, like, a cop and a T-Rex, like Tammy and the T-Rex, <laughs> yeah. or uh, oh, yeah, I'm Almost Shoot with... It's like a, a cop and a, a mom. <laughs> and I, I do remember Cop and a Half with Burt Reynolds and a kid. Um, <laughs> uh, the famous a kid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, just a kid. <laughs> um, who he, like, I don't know, he witnesses a, a murder or something, so the cop has to protect him anyway. But, mm. um, uh, but yeah, pretty much just a kind of a funny riff on that whole genre. Yeah. Um, we even get I love that Arnold shows up with his new partners that are like <laughs> even more ridiculous. It's yeah, within the world there are multiple of these team ups going on. So good. Oh, I was just gonna say that watching uh the intro to Jay's show, the music sting sounds like in The Simpsons whenever there's like uh they go to an event. Like um the musical stink sounds like if they if the Simpsons go to the Olympics, the establishing mm. establishing shot of the Olympics will be the do 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 like kind of theme that the uh, the coming attractions uses. Huh, that's that's interesting. I always thought it sounded kind of like uh, the beginning of a news show. It's that same kind of like orchestra, kind of like yeah, <laughs> orchestrated sound, yeah. Like, something serious is about to happen, so pay attention. Exactly. <laughs> so, Jay reviews uh, this uh, cop movie on a scale of, what does he say, like, diseases he would rather have than watch the movie? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we're past scurvy, leprosy, unidentified yellow discharge, and the winner is Spastic Colon. Good night. So this one gets uh, spastic colon, and I love the the joke that this sets up. Like immediately, Duke says he's offended the spastic colon people who are on the phone. Yeah, they're already on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, "Can you hold?" Oh no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that, that's another thing that I was kind of anxious about before I watched it was I was worried that it wasn't going to have the same kind of 
like bam, 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 bam with the jokes, mm-hmm. like one at a, like just coming at you, like thought maybe it would be like, oh, you know, it doesn't hold up as well as it could have, but. I was I was legitimately laughing throughout the whole thing. Like it, it, a lot, a lot of these jokes held up so well. Yeah. No. Yeah. A lot of the jokes are still really funny. Like yeah. The 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 things that don't hold up, I find, is that you know there were just certain things uh, that people would joke about in the '90s that you just wouldn't joke about yeah. today. Yeah. Like yeah, jokes about race or uh, sex or gender that sort of thing. Right. Which I don't think we get much in this episode like i didn't pick up on a lot of problematic elements here i got i got a little worried when because i forgot that jay's kid goes to the un school and i, I was I oh was yeah like, oh yeah there's all these different kids probably not the most <laughs> diverse cast but you know it's not they weren't doing anything yeah offensive with the the kids or anything like that yeah like yeah they it probably was like just a whole room full of white voice actors doing the voices of kids from all over the world so um they'd probably be better about that today but yeah at least they they don't they don't really make fun of like different cultures i don't think no i mean unless Unless you're from easter island unless you're from easter island yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) in which case uh yeah (laughs) but um uh, oh, but yeah, I think we're actually up to there now. Or, well, so Alice is talking to Jay about, uh, she says, uh, you know, thanks for inviting Penny over to the sleepover so that Penny doesn't have to just hang out with Doris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get this just quick little scene with uh, Penny and Doris. But I'm not sure I like Penny hanging around with these older New York types. She might pick up bad habits. Oh, come on. <laughs> you worry too much. See you tomorrow, honey. Goodbye, darling. I hope your tucker feels better. Which I thought was hilarious. We've we've seen little glimpses of them hang out in other episodes this season. It feels like they could have, you know, gone into that more. Like I would love more scenes with uh, Penny and Doris hanging out. The their little duo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of comedic potential there. But ah oh well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, then we, we switch immediately to Jay's apartment and yeah, there's a bunch of kids from the UN school, although the Easter Island kid is mysteriously absent, (laughs) (laughs) but we immediately see, oh, he literally can't fit through the doorway. This got a legitimate, like, you know, sigh of pity from me. I was like, (laughs) ah, I had to pause it because I was like, oh my God, (laughs) poor kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he makes it in. He makes it in later. Yeah, he does. Later yeah. we see him there, which so that's that's awesome. But yeah, we actually see him like try to fit through the door and fail. So he just like he turns around and sits and puts his head in his hands. It's like, <laughs> it God. Seems like this is something that he's had to deal with a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Uh so at the sleepover, they uh they're doing definitely like the same kind of things that I did at, at sleepovers um when I was a kid, which is just we would watch one guy play video games. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Whoever's house we were at, we had to watch him play video games and none yeah. of us could get a turn. <laughs> and I mean, you know, sometimes we'd bust out the N64 and get some four player simultaneous going or like, you know, Smash Brothers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, a lot of it was just like, all right, I'll watch you beat the final boss of Final Fantasy VII so you can show off how 
leveled up your guy is sure <laughs> i remember one of uh, one of the first times i was ever at a sleepover it was like 4 a.m and i was asleep and i woke up and all the other kids were like playing some fucking like f- football game and i mm-hmm. remember being like i am going back to bed this is not <laughs> it's 4 a.m this is ridiculous ah uh. Yeah, video games, good times. Yeah, great time. Um, but I, I like the, uh, the the game they're playing here, or that Marty is playing, which supposedly is just you just kill aliens who are trying to help America or help the world. Greetings, Earthlings. We come in peace. We bring you new techniques to end world hunger. Yay! We bring you cures for all known diseases. Yay! Kids, this is Jimmy Carter. I've met with these peaceful aliens, and as the worst president of this century, I urge you. So yeah, he's just killing aliens who are like trying to, you know, solve world hunger and cure diseases, and he's just blasting their heads off. And and Jimmy Carter. <laughs> oh yes, and Jimmy Carter is there. <laughs> yeah, kind of a kind of a conservative bent to this show i noticed that there, yeah, okay you know. so i was gonna ask that seems kind of apparent the, the the well i guess that could be i spin like this game is conservative and we're making fun of conservatives who would make this game but i also could see it going both ways yeah i think it's kind of a conservative bent to this show because it was on fox and right. you know it's the same Fox from Fox News and stuff, but uh, yeah. also I think you know Jimmy Carter was just really unpopular. Like he was a single-term president and mm. lost to Reagan, so there is a little bit of of that. And this was maybe before Carter's um, glow up, if you will, where he's right. now you know um, doing a lot about world hunger and poverty, and and is just a great humanitarian. Mm. Uh, so yeah, who who knows what he was up to at the time of this show? But <laughs> well, he's getting blown up by aliens. <laughs> oh right, right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Oh yeah, Penny uh, is uh, eager to uh, to to play. I must taste blood. Jay, my daughter's been at your party for five minutes and already she wants to taste blood. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly, I know that feeling. Like if I'm playing like. Grand Theft Auto, or um, or back in the day that I was playing like Slaughterhouse, which is just a super bloody like beat 'em up game. I I could get that bloodlust going. Oh, definitely. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah, I uh, that phrasing too. I must have blood is like <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, c- coming out of the mouth of like a, a six year old. <laughs> it's like yeah, but Alice is quick to be like, nope, that's, that's enough of that. We're, mm. we're going to get out of here. So Jay swings into the rescue. So first he tries to just turn on ABC and we just get this <laughs> scene from Roseanne. Dan, a lesbian kissed me. Can she live in the basement? Oh, kids, no TV either. Which is like, okay, I, I didn't really watch Roseanne. I can't really speak to how good of a parody this is. But In retrospect, it's hilarious. Yes. Knowing <laughs> what we know s- now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, with the, the Connors and everything and mm-hmm. how she... Did she got kicked off of her own show? Is is that right? Yeah, they killed her, they killed her off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
my god. So yeah, she went the um, the Charlie Sheen route from uh, Two and a Half Men. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a long legacy, I guess, of sitcom stars yeah. <laughs> being killed off. Yeah, man. I I don't know if you watched uh, the show Two and a Half Men. I, I did. I yeah. I watched a little bit of it when Charlie Sheen was on. Kind of gave up on it after he left. But did you watch the final episode, like of the entire series? I didn't when it aired, but I have. I know about it now. Okay, yeah, it's it's insane. Um, it's it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's it's just Chuck Lorre like sticking the middle finger to Charlie Sheen personally. And there was I I read the, or I heard this thing. I didn't read anything. I heard this thing about Charlie Sheen was talking when the finale was coming out, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I might come back." Like he thought that there was a chance. <laughs> That they would have him back. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, uh, so much for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, there's. So we got the brief Roseanne scene, um, but then um, Alice suggests instead they all tell stories, and uh, definitely meant for the kids to tell the stories. But Jay kind of, or no, is it, it? No, Marty suggests like, oh, my dad's got a great story. Yeah, he kind of. Uh invites him to tell the story um i was expecting this to be a setup for a like a when the simpsons would do three stories an episode like we'll do three bible stories like i i for some reason i forgot about this i thought it was gonna that's what it was gonna be but it was it was uh it was fun just one thing throughout the whole thing kind of a weird setup just to get a like (laughs) uh i guess they wanted to do an episode about the Persian Gulf War, and they were like, well, how can we justify that? Hey, let's have Jay tell a story to a bunch of kids. Like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I I try to get inside the minds of the writers, but sometimes I just, I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so Jay uh, apparently was a Gulf War hero, according to Marty. So his story... Hero hero is loose, I would say. (laughs) Doesn't really accomplish anything. Yeah, they're kind of stretching the definition of hero here, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but it is a pretty good story, I have to mm. admit. So it uh, we begin in 1991. Uh, Jay is in Iraq for the Baghdad Film Festival. The year was 1991. I had received an invitation to the prestigious Baghdad Film Festival. A large hummus and a small goat. Excellent choice, sir. <laughs> so yeah that was uh when i i kind of forgot how homer like i know i'm talking about the simpsons a lot oh but, yeah yeah i mean it's inevitable yeah how homer <laughs> like a lot of the jay jokes end up being like he really is like just another kind of slob who loves food yeah <laughs> yeah i mean they really do have that in common as much as they try to make him different by like making him an, an intellectual or you know he's divorced instead of being a family man but mm-hmm. no yeah like yeah they both love to eat there's both a ton of jokes about their weight yeah there's one coming up that i'm like that's like straight out of an episode of the simpsons oh yeah, yeah. oh and like anytime um jay's stomach talks to him <laughs> i'm reminded of how homer's brain talks to him it's kind of the same thing yeah, it, it's very similar. Yeah. But that being said, I love that, and I think it's great, yeah. so I'm, <laughs> yeah. not, I'm not complaining. No, yeah, I mean, it's perfect. It's completely within his character. Yeah. So the 
The first film at this film festival is Brown Acres. Brown Acres is the place to be. Dead living is the life for me. Sand spreading out so hot and white. The temperature's 105 at night. Stay. Parody of Green Acres with uh, Saddam as the main character, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is where maybe they get into a little bit of, like, dicey material, like, kind of joking about the Middle East, I guess. But it's yeah. it's very surface level. It's just like, oh, it's in the desert, so everything's dry, and all the women cover their faces all the time. Yeah, it's like they know two things about... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, a rock and so yeah i i you know i <laughs> i can't believe they didn't have any like middle easterners on the writing staff you know <laughs> yeah it's weird there's so many at the time too in the 90s yeah there were so many opportunities for them to break into the <laughs> comedy industry <laughs> uh so <laughs> so then after so then after that, Jay just kind of says the city was on the brink of war. So then, yeah, they just kind of brush over like, well, why were they on the brink of war? Like, what was that about? But right. Um, so he just he gets he gets in a cab and then they do this thing where like the cab, the cabbie is from New York. Baghdad Airport and step on it. Sure thing, Mac. You're from New York? Yeah, I'm part of the cabbie exchange program. Yeah, see, they send all the foreign cabbies to New York while all the New York cabbies come here. That way, no cabbie speaks the language of the country he works in. That is the stupidest. Now, don't worry. I'll get you to the airport. I know a shortcut through the desert over here. Joking about how they never speak the language. Right. Uh, I guess, Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, guess I mean, that's... yeah, I... I a lot of foreign people drive taxis. You're right, I'm, the critic. Right. You're absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I feel a little like, ooh, you know, am I the right guest for this episode? <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, you know, we we try to be sensitive about that sort of yeah. thing and call it out when we see it. You know? Yeah. It's, <laughs> and again, and, it's not anything that's hurtful, I wouldn't say. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think so. Though if, you know, if someone's offended by it, I could totally see why yes, and I get it. Definitely. Back in America, uh, I actually love this. We we see Hee Haw, the next generation. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so I lost my mind. I was laughing so hard. Next Generation was another one that I would watch at the same time as the critic, like on To Fall Asleep To. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, first of all, that's a weird coincidence. Coincidence. Also, I don't know what hee-haw is so okay <laughs> out context it's the funniest thing i've ever seen well yeah i've i've never actually seen a, a, an episode but i know that it was like this kind of like musical comedy variety show in i want to say like the 70s that was all like set in the south so it was a lot of jokes about like rednecks and stuff so it's pretty much just yeah a mashup of um of the Star Trek characters doing like a, a hoedown or a square right. dance or whatever. So, I love that. So Star Trek, we have Star Trek, the next generation where it's new characters, but then he, haw the next generation would be like, Oh, Star Trek, yeah. the next generation characters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like a, a sitcom. It was sort of just like a musical kind of. Yeah. It was like, um, like, uh, 
what could I uh, even compare it to? Um, like, well, other shows at the time, like Roan and Martin's Laugh-In or like, I mean, like shows like that don't really exist today. I guess the closest thing would be like America's Got Talent or or something like that, where right, it's just, okay. yeah, it's not, it's not uh, story based. It's like, uh, yeah, just like music and, and um, variety acts. So like there were probably like magicians or uh, acrobats, that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, one of my favorite jokes of this whole show, uh, hee haw, the next generation. Yeah. I, lo- uh, I, I love that. But that sadly gets interrupted by a news report where I guess just because Jay is like stuck in Iraq, he gets, uh, <laughs> he becomes the default news correspondent of what's going on with the war. So uh, they go to Jay or they, they show this, uh, old file photo of Jay because they don't have a <laughs> they don't have a camera over there, and um, yeah, uh, Jay is like huge. Uh, was this the one that also reminded you of The Simpsons? Yeah, that's another Homer joke. Like anytime they show a picture of Homer, it's like him like riding a donkey with like a champagne, yeah. champagne glass, like <laughs> the worst. <laughs> or I, I remember one, the file photo of Homer where, where like his mouth is like full of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Duke Phillips says, you know, there, he's kind of in this battle with Ted Turner. Um, and this also kind of... Um, confused me i wasn't sure what this was about that ted turner is beating him in the ratings because of the well also extremely problematic tomahawk chop which i remember the atlanta braves uh, baseball team used to do that before they thankfully stopped it was like a kind of like a opening ceremony thing or it was like a thing the fans would do um you know oh. like instead of like the wave or something <laughs> So I don't know what that has to do with covering the war or getting better ratings. Maybe it's like nobody cares about Jay, even the tomahawk. What is it? The tomahawk chop? The tomahawk chop, yeah. Is beating us. I guess that doesn't really make sense either, though. Yeah, I don't know. But but, uh, Duke's idea to... um, to counteract that he comes up with his own little whatever you want to say like physical thing for people to do well i've been working on my own visual well what do you think uh it's very similar to what the nazis use sir oh uh, do you think that mine and it's basically a nazi salute (laughs) yes um so duke kind of showing his true colors there for a second (laughs) well and the guy his assistant's like it's kind of uh, like the Nazis, and he's like, "Oh, do you think they would mind?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, kind of, I think that is definitely this show, like making fun of Republicans because yeah. Duke is definitely a Republican. So, yeah, that's them kind of both sidesing it a little bit. But yeah, Duke decides he wants Jay reporting around the clock. So that's basically what Jay does. We get kind of this. Um, like mini montage of him doing like a 32 hour marathon uh, report. It's hour 10 of our coverage. Scud missiles continue to fly, but do very little damage. Ow. But eventually Jay actually gets 
arrested for impersonating Saddam because okay. he shows a picture of him like nude on a bearskin rug. Okay, right. that's what it was. I, I missed that. I was like, oh, was it something that in the montage? But it was the bearskin rug thing that oh. was the reason. Yeah, yeah. At first, I thought it was like, was it because of all his facial hair? He looks Arabic now, but right. luckily they don't. That's not what they're <laughs> going for. Because <laughs> like right after they arrest him, the, the, you kind of see like a, a billboard or something of Saddam also on a bearskin rug. So Right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So um, is that a real, is that a real photo? Probably not. I don't think so. I think that's you know that's just America trying to make fun of Saddam and show okay. that he's yeah, <laughs> show that it's it's actually good that we're invading their country and you know doing all that stuff. Hey, amen. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just you know propaganda, whatever. So Jay is thrown in prison. Though I love this next joke where Jay is is in prison and in order to try to get out, he ties a note to a rat that, you know, gets picked up by a hawk that flies all the way to New York. The rat makes it all the way to Duke's office into his incoming mail and Duke just picks up the rat and puts it into his pile of rats from Jay. Junk mail, junk mail, junk mail, rat from Jay. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. That's such a funny. That's like, <laughs> that's a that's a perfect joke. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect joke. So like unexpected, and yeah. then when you see it, it's like, oh god, that's yeah, that's great. Also, that they survive the whole way. <laughs> They're all like thriving in his office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of says something about maybe the the cleanliness of Duke's office, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So back at the Iraqi prison, Jay uh, is forced to make a video at gunpoint. And this is something I know, like, actually happened. Like, prisoners of war would be, like, forced to, like, like make a false confession or, you know, swear allegiance to Iraq or whatever on video. Like, I definitely remember that sort of thing from back then. Yeah. But uh, the critic uh, does their little riff on it, which... Uh, well, first we get. I love there that the uh, the Iraqi prison has their own version of Doris, the makeup lady. We want you to make him look presentable. Done and done. Book a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's union. She's in. She's in the union yeah. too. Yeah, so it's it's basically it looks exactly like Doris, except with you know uh, uh, brown skin and uh, dark hair and wearing like what would you say she's we- wearing like a, like, like, like a fez? Oh yeah, she's wearing a fez and yeah. then like um, yeah, just like kind of dressed like a Middle Eastern lady, I guess. I don't know how, oh, yeah, how better like the, to to put it. The sheet or not the sheets, like the silky kind of yeah gown. Thing. Yeah, and um, so her big idea is to just put a bag on Jay's head, uh, which she learned how to do from watching Iraqi soap operas. And this <laughs> this was really random, but I thought really funny. Just the fact that they show an Iraqi soap opera where yeah, everyone has a bag over their head. Again, it's like it's again, it's the same kind of thing with the rat joke, where it's like, 
that extra step, you know, you can, you can, you can it's like with those kinds of jokes, you you can almost like imagine the writer's room. They write the joke and they're like, oh, and then one more add on one more. Add, they add yeah. the last like button onto it and you can kind of like track the thought process like, oh, well, what if she's actually what if this is actually something that they do over there? And then we show it, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I really liked that. Okay, so then we get to Jay's family watching uh, at home. Franklin, everyone's favorite character, uh, (laughs) wants to do something about it. So we know Franklin has friends in high places, so he goes to meet with uh, President George Bush, the first George Bush. Mr. President, my son is being held hostage in Iraq, and I need you to save him. Now, I've given money to the Republicans for years and never asked for anything in return. You asked to be Secretary of Balloon Doggies. I didn't ask to be Secretary of Balloon Doggies. The Balloon Doggies demanded it. Isn't that right, Balloon Doggy? No, shut up. I love that. Such a Franklin thing. But uh, if only, like, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, if there was a secretary of balloon doggies, that would be a lot more useful than, like, a lot of actual government positions. Yeah, I would, uh, <laughs> I, I would agree. <laughs> and uh, Franklin would be the perfect secretary of balloon yeah. doggies. All the, uh, <laughs> he'd nail the balloon doggy vote, let's put it that way. Well, you know, I hate to say it, but I would argue that the, Best person for the job is someone who doesn't want the job. Oh, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> we go, I, I had it in my notes here that we go back to the party briefly. Oh, yeah. Like all the kids are getting into their sleeping bags and stuff. And there's the one kid who's like in sunglasses and like really fancy clothes. Antonio, you almost ready there? Just call me Tony the Tiger. I don't know. I, I like that they are trying to give the kids something, or they're trying to make them part yeah. of the episode a little bit. <laughs> who is that kid trying to be? What actor is that? Or who oh, is he? I, ba- I don't know. Kind of like a like a Rico Suave kind of thing, but uh, that doesn't feel quite right. Um, definitely like suave, that. like a ladies' man kind of. Yeah, just like a generic, like cool guy. Because he's got, like, the sunglasses and the, like, leopard print uh, robe. Uh, and then, like, doesn't, like, Alice kind of just, like, shut him down? <laughs> yeah. He kind of hits on her. Yeah. Oh, right, right. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but back in Iraq, Jay is watching American films that have been redubbed into Iraqi propaganda. All right. I want you all to go and surrender to Saddam. But first, we're going to put on petticoats and have a sissy slap fight. Hey, that's right. And we're all yelling. <laughs> I'm an Iraqi doodle dandy. Iraqi doodle do or die. Ooh, yeah, yeah. For all I know, it was probably maybe a real thing. Oh, but oh, yeah, uh, I feel like that's a thing in a lot of places. Yeah. So we get, it's. I think it's like supposed to be a Ronald Reagan war film. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I liked that they dubbed it over, but they dubbed it over in English. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I with, get yeah. With <laughs> um, voice actors who sound like the original actors. I guess maybe they're trying to like brainwash Jay or something, but right. But yeah. Um, oh, and then all right. So here's where kind of the story kind of kicks into high gear. It's when the rescue happens. Um, a helicopter comes to rescue Jay. <laughs> we get. 
Just a classic, uh, you know, just joke about how heavy Jay is. He... <laughs> right, another Homer type. Climb into the arms. I don't understand. This thing's supposed to lift a tank. Could you talk a little louder? I think a few people in Jordan didn't hear you. Yeah, this also kind of reminded me of Homer where, like, Jay gets like slammed into a building and dragged along the ground and everything mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of that episode where Homer falls down the gorge. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, this is so does Jay get beaten up a lot? Like hurt? Um, yeah, pr- pretty often. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a lot of physical humor, you know? So they, um, you know, the show, for the most part, is pretty realistic, but every now and then they do go in, go into like full on Looney Tunes mode, and yeah, yeah. So Jay has has taken his share of spills for sure. Uh, usually not this funny though. I gotta say this is maybe one of the better ones. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> um, but they do manage to get Jay out of the prison gates, so he. Oh, um, you know what? And he does let other people escape. So I guess that yeah. is kind of a hero. <laughs> thing i take i take back what i said yeah. earlier that, <laughs> um, <that's>... so <laughs> so yeah jay gets out of the prison and he and he yeah he basically opens the gate which didn't seem to be that well secured but uh but yeah he basically leads a bunch of uh, american prisoners out of uh the prison um and then they well they end up kind of just wandering in the desert for a while ours was a noble little band Anwar, the handsome Egyptian pilot. Arthur, a playboy from New York. (laughs) Now that's what I call a dry martini. (laughs) There's this quick little thing where Jay says it was like Lawrence of Arabia and like stares into a match before blowing it out, which for all I know is a reference to Lawrence of Arabia. I've I've never seen it. So it's like a famous like cut is... Uh huh. He blows out a, a match, and then we cut to, to the desert, and the music is sprawling. The, basically, this jo- this thing is exactly how it is in Lawrence of Arabia. There's not really, they don't really do a twist on it or anything. Right, right. Yeah, I just figured. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen it because it's like four hours long or something <laughs> like that. But yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I've I like. I could watch four hours of Floor is Lava, but for some reason I can't watch... That Netflix show? Uh, Yeah. Okay, I don't want (laughs) to say any names, but there are some... There is a team of people who I have met who were on that show, and they are the most annoying people I've ever met in my entire life. Whoa. But I met them at an open mic. Oh, wow. And then I started watching that show, and they were on the show, and... There's something really gratifying about <laughs> not. I don't want to be mean, but watching them fall and anyway, anyway, it's just all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, did you ever watch a uh, show on Comedy Central called Beat the Geeks? No. Ah, okay. Well, it was this game show on uh, Comedy Central, and they had like the there was like a movie geek and a TV geek, and and basically you had to answer trivia questions like faster or better than they can and right. i once saw the uh tv geek at a open mic <laughs> wow so that was yeah hollywood baby yep <laughs> yep la all the 
All the stars descend from the heavens to walk among us. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's pay $5 at an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> you too can have your dreams ruined, but you get to see someone you saw on TV once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, where, okay. Uh, so, oh yeah. So they're they're wandering through the desert, basically. I was I was kind of surprised they didn't make like a a like a Moses joke because Jay is Jewish, as the show also jokes about from time to time. And I don't know, they decided not to do that here for whatever reason. But um, we do get uh, Arthur, basically the um, uh, Dudley Moore character that's okay. shown up in a few episodes. Who's yeah, just basically a huge drunk guy. Okay. Yeah. And they leave him for dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was uh, just, yeah, like too drunk to even like continue. Uh, oh, they eventually run into a sphinx and they have to answer a riddle. Halt! Before you pass, you must answer the riddle of the sphinx. Why did the boy throw the clock out the window? He wanted to see time fly. All right, all right, all right. That was an easy one. Wait, so that would mean they went from Iraq to Egypt. I was thinking about this too, but also the Sphinx had its (laughs) nose. So maybe it's just a different Sphinx. Right. So yeah, the the guy, the guard or whoever there who is asking the questions on behalf of the Sphinx is pulling these Dixie cups from the statue's (laughs) nose. And that's where he's getting the riddles from, which I I, I kind of enjoyed. They're like, yeah, they're basically like, like popsicle stick level riddles. Yeah, they um, all everyone gets them immediately. Then oh yeah, then there's just this kind of like random musical number. Like Jay says like morale was low, so he had to cheer everyone up. So they do this the the lion sleeps tonight uh interlude. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. So okay, was he trying to like turn them on? Is that what that was? Um, <laughs> Is he trying to be sexy don't... for them? I don't think so. I think just it was. Just, I think it was just a joke about belly dancing, about okay. how that's also a Middle Eastern thing, right? And it's also just you know funny to put Jay in a belly dancer's outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I also love this is a thing about Jay. I love is that he commits to bits really well. Like he he'll, he'll go for it. He's not. He does, yeah. <laughs> he's not like shy. He'll he'll belly dance for for his his crew. Oh yeah, he doesn't have any like shame at all. He no. just yeah, fully commits. That was awesome. Then oh, okay, I really loved the next two sort of jokes we get here. We get the um, the David Letterman show doing his top ten list of the top ten reasons Jay is lost in the desert. And the number one reason Jay Sherman is lost in the desert. But a fuco, but a fuco, but a fuco. I don't know if you like if this was also a, a, another reference you didn't get, but this is very, very early '90s. That the the number one reason Jay is lost in the desert, but a fuco, but a fuco, but a fuco. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so I can explain that. It doesn't really make the joke make sense, but okay. um, so Joey Buttafuoco was this guy who um was having an affair with his wife, uh, or he was having an affair with a woman named Amy Fisher, who became known as the Long Island Lolita. <laughs> So this is just a pure, like, you know, tabloid story. But basically, mm-hmm. when Joey Buttafuoco's wife confronted Amy Fisher, or maybe Amy confronted the wife, I don't really remember, but uh, it ended up with uh, Amy shooting the wife in the face. Damn. Um, who, but she, I mean, she survived. She was like, you know. How? She, what? Well, she had facial paralysis for a long time. Okay. But um, but yeah, so obviously huge news story, you know, is on all the tabloids and everything. Definitely would have been, you know, made fun of by all the late night shows like Leno and Letterman, etc. <laughs> okay. So okay, so <laughs> so would would that uh, reference would that have been of the time for when the <laughs> critic was airing or when the flashback was happening? I. I well definitely for the time when the flashback was happening. Okay. So like okay. that would have been like yeah the early nineties. So, uh, but when it was like ninety five when this actual episode aired, I have to assume so. I don't know. It might it. <laughs> I think it would be like the equivalent of someone maybe making a joke today about like Coney twenty twelve or something. Okay. Right. <laughs> Which I always love referencing at random times. Like, I'll just be like, guys, we're going to find Coney. We're going to find him. Do you know where he is? My middle school. They did a Coney 2012 presentation at my middle school. Oh, my God. We had a giant assembly. (laughs) And then the next day, nothing. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, But as for what Joey Buttafuoco has to do with Jay getting lost in the desert, I have no idea. Like okay. I don't know how you connect those two dots, but <laughs> it was I was laughing just because I was like, it's probably something in the f- it's funny it's funny words yeah like, no I like the I like the Letterman impression they really nail the the voice and the mannerisms and stuff and the delivery I didn't look this up but I was thinking do you know if the, any of the writers for the critic were Letterman writers um I don't know okay. if they were any um, crossover there. Yeah, I don't really know. Okay. Um, as far as I know, they were mostly like Simpsons writers and um, like, well, I know, I actually know Judd Apatow was involved with the critic. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could definitely see his name in some of the credits. He was, yeah, he was like a writer and um, like a story producer. Wow. So, yeah. And I know he did a lot of stand up. So maybe he had um, some association with uh, Late Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that is my other maybe favorite joke of the episode. The film critics teaming up to sing Critic Aid. Somewhere out the rocky way Amid the sand is our friend Jay He fought off bombs and bayonets For him we The dollar seventy-five they raised would come too little, too late. Yeah, just a bunch of film critics: Gene Shalit, Siskel, and Ebert, singing this song to to raise money for for Jay. I uh, I, uh, it's, 
I loved seeing like Siskel and Evert like embrace each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like be like smiley and hugging. Like I, it's just such a. I, I want those guys to. Be, I wanted them. To, I want them to be friends. I hate that they yeah. hate each other. So it's it's kind of nice seeing them. Yeah, and together. you know there is another episode this season where uh, Siskel and Ebert do actually show up as themselves. Yeah, um, I remember that. But I don't think I think it's just like they got someone to do their voices. Oh, for this one. it wasn't I because I looked up uh, Ebert. What if he said any? If he ever said anything about the show? Uh huh. And I think after the first episode aired, he wrote like a little piece about it, and he said he liked it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Uh, Siskel and Ebert did kind of weigh in on it. Um, mm. From what I remember, they they said like they wanted more jokes about movies and less jokes about like Jay's personal life. Right. And I I'm like well, but I I don't know. I kind of disagree. You need to make it personal. You right? gotta have a uh, character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they would love Robot Chicken. Oh, yeah. It's just <laughs> references. Yeah, they'd go crazy for it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think they, they did not return to do their voices a, a second time for this. Okay. Uh, although they do end up singing in, in their episode as well, so that's huh. kind of funny. They, uh, they, they sing in both of their appearances. <laughs> and then Jay mentions the... The dollar seventy five they raised would come too little, too late. I, I love that. <laughs> it's like, I, I, yeah, I love it because he, he would have loved to have it. Like it would have helped. Him. <laughs> yeah, I think so. When they um, eventually get to the the international house of couscous, <laughs> but I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. So back in the desert, yeah, thing. This is where things are kind of getting to their their low point like they're kind of just wandering aimlessly and they encounter some uh, mirages first we get the giant sandworm from dune um and then uh <laughs> bob hope look a mirage there's another one hey i tell you this hole is a par 702 that's some hole you know that ride this scares since I sold my Pinto. Grrr, yeah. I don't think they say it's Bob Hope. You kind of just have to recognize that's who it is. But um, I, I, I just loved the the impression here. Like the, um, I think it's like Maurice LaMarche probably doing the Bob Hope voice. But yeah, I think he just kind of nails it. I also, it's also funny. I'm just thinking now like mirages. It's like typically something you would want to see if you were stranded in the desert. Oh, but right. Two right. things they see are know, a giant worm and Bob Hope. Like, <laughs> Yeah, usually it'd be like water or something. Yeah, like a little uh, <laughs> paradise thing. Yeah. But yeah, so after after the, uh, after the they see those mirages, they like, oh yeah, they like collapse in the sand. It's looking like they can't make it. But then Jay gets an inspiring message from where else? His own stomach. <laughs> Jay, don't despair. God? No, man, it's me, your stomach. Your salvation lies over the next hill. Now rise. Come on, men! And over the very next hill, they find the International House of Couscous. And and then that's sort of it. They're saved, and I guess they get rescued. Um, they kind of... 
skip past that part, but it's like, yeah, they found they found a, a restaurant in the middle of the desert and they were saved. It's it's again another. Uh, I'm sorry, but another Simpsons reference. It's like when they got lost at sea and they find the crusty burger in the middle of the ocean it's like oh okay i guess that's a satisfying ending yeah little yeah definitely little echoes of the simpsons that you can yeah see here but um oh yeah so then we get we see jay meeting george bush who is his assistant or a secretary whoever it is warns him against having his picture taken with a film critic <laughs> Sir, are you sure it's wise to be photographed with a film critic? It's the most despised profession there is, except for pre-op groin shaver. Hey, my approval rating's 90%. How much harm can a little film critic do? (laughs) The newspaper headline just immediately says, Bush loses. And then they had some slam against Carter, like, loses to... No, wait... Oh, on the newspaper? Yeah, it was like loses to like some yokel or something like that. Oh, I would have to go back and look at that again, but uh, I'm sure there were other jokes hidden in the headlines. It was another one of those moments where I was like, oh, it seems a little uh, Republican-y, like the whatever it was, the Carter Mm -hmm. joke. But also, again, who knows? Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just kind of, I think the 90s were just more kind of more conservative than people remember yeah Yeah, because this was like yeah so this was when like political correctness like wasn't even a thing yet Mm -hmm. and like gay gay people couldn't serve openly in the military all this stuff so definitely a a different time luckily things are getting a little better Mm -hmm. you know here and there (laughs) uh but um oh yeah so that's so that's the end of Jay's story. The kids have all fallen asleep and uh, Alice <laughs> just gives him a prize for best story. He, uh, she uh, gives him a kiss and all oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, although I think, I don't know if it's the same kid from before in like the fancy clothes, but he says like, a kiss, but you have not heard my story. It's called honey. I shrunk at the Pope. You will get a cookie. Oh, man, I could have had a cookie. Shoves a cookie in his mouth. Yeah, just immediately prepared. Yeah, you get a cookie. Bam. Yeah. Yeah, just something tells me Alice is like a great mom, you know? (laughs) I, when I was a kid, man, like, I, uh, Alice was... I kind of had a thing for Alice. I thought she oh, was. Oh, sure, sure. I thought she was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, there's the final joke where after they kiss, Jay's stomach goes, "I could have gotten a cookie." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, just perfect capsule to this, uh, or perfect capper to this episode, and mm-hmm. definitely in character for Jay or Jay's stomach. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that takes us to the end of this episode. Yeah, pretty pretty good one, I think. It's definitely a... I think it suffers from being a bit more dated than the other episodes do. It's something that, like, any show from 20 years ago is going to have. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't hold it against it, you know? Sure. That being said, I absolutely loved it. I had the best yeah. time watching it. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's great. It, it's always awesome, like, revisiting this show because there's still so much just great, great jokes and great episodes there. And so much I'm sure that I had, as a kid, I had no understanding. I mean, even now I have no understanding, but, like, right. <laughs> just watching it now, I was like, oh, you know, I probably wouldn't have understood that when I was younger watching. Yeah, no, there are definitely, like references and things that i still don't catch uh here and there in this show um but luckily we have uh google now so yeah let's pause it every two seconds <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> i i also was feeling just a sense of nuts like i was kind of like man i wish we lived in a world where this future and the simpsons were all on at the same mm. time instead of Family Guy, American Dad, and Cleveland show, you know? Oh, like, God, yeah, not, just, like, three Seth MacFarlane shows. You know, and, you know, I, I don't I don't hate those shows, but I just, like, watching this, I was like, man, like, imagine there's a time where they were, <laughs> that could have existed, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely remember watching, like, The Simpsons and The Critic back-to-back, like, in 1995, and, and then probably, like... I don't know, like a Married with Children rerun or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this, yeah, this, The Simpsons and Futurama, that would have been a real, that would have been an awesome night. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, well, uh, Noah, we've kind of come to the end of the episode. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Sure, yeah. I have started recording my own podcast with my friend Riley Mitchell, uh, called Buds on the Tracks, where we go through every single Bob Dylan album. Oh, wow. We record it. Yeah. We've recorded a couple episodes. We haven't put them out yet. We're, you know, we're seeing how it goes. And then also, I just got uh, the Star Wars card trader app. So if oh. you want to <laughs> look me up, I'm looking for uh, any Gungans. Uh, <laughs> my name is uh, Lumpy's Husband on that. Oh, wait. Is Lumpy a Star Wars character? Lumpy is Chewie's son oh, in right. the holiday special. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I was thinking, like, is that one of the Ewoks or no? But yeah, it's Chewbacca's. He's basically son. an Ewok. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that holiday special, wow. <laughs> they, they added parts of it to Disney Plus. Not the whole thing, but there's like the animated section you can watch and oh, wow. something else, I think. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out then. <laughs> and then if you're in L.A. and you're doing safe comedy shows, you can book me, I guess. Please book me, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that Bob Dylan podcast sounds really cool. Um, uh, yeah, can't wait to hear that. Hopefully coming out soon. The name of it one more time. Buds on the Tracks. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right. So everyone look for that. And I hope you'll join us next week for the next episode of It Stinks, the Critic podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of It Stinks, the Critic podcast. I'm your host, Brian Rubinow. Our theme song is by Brandon Beck. You can email the podcast at itstinkspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter and Instagram at itstinkspod. 